0: If you would uh, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28, pew so Bible provided for you, or you can uh, pull out your phone. So long as you promise, you know, to not gravitate towards Facebook. You know who I'm talking to. Yeah. Matthew chapter 28. This is one of uh, the Easter stories that we find in the Gospels. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow and the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and they became like dead men the dead man watching the tomb they became dead men while they were watching supposedly the tomb of a dead man the angel said to the woman do not be afraid for i know that you are looking for jesus who is crucified and he is not here he has risen just as he said come and see the place where he lay then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into galilee There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women, they hurried away from the tomb and afraid, yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed, as, and this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some of them doubted. An announcement. All right, kids, do you have announcements at school? Now, the high school students—they uh, can attest to this—that when the uh, when I'm subbing at the school, this is what happens when there's it's announcement time. And you, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong in this. It'll be quiet. You know, I'm such a good sub. The kids will be quiet and they'll be working dutifully on their homework. And then uh, and then. Uh, Mrs. Davis will come on and say, listen up for your afternoon announcement," And then that quiet group of kids will then start chatting like suddenly they all know what they, they have been wanting to say to one another. And the announcements go right over their head. Tyler, is this an accurate statement? He's nodding his head in, in, uh, in approval of this message. And children in class, when Mrs. Cook comes on and she makes an announcement, do you guys all listen? You take notes, yes, all right, you're in church, you need to tell the truth. One of the quickest ways to lose your audience is to say, hey, I have an announcement to make. The worst moment for a preacher is uh, every Sunday morning, the moment I dread, uh, it's uh, when I When I have to give the announcements and say, here's what's going on. And I read through the bulletin like you can't read the bulletin either. And then, what do you know? You guys uh, will end up asking me after and say, now what is it that you said during the announcement time? And you'll be going home and you'll say, now Martha, what did the preacher say? When is the potluck dinner next? Announcements. I'm I'm going to make an, an announcement. You know, uh... One of these things about announcements and we start tuning them out, they go in one ear and out the other. But I'm going to make an announcement that's really important for you. You know, uh, Jesus, he tells a parable about a sower. A guy goes out and he sows lots of seed, and some of that seed lands on hard-worn path. Some of the seed lands on rocks. Some of it lands among the thorns, and some of it actually lands on good soil. And Jesus tells that story, say, you know, sometimes people are going to be talking, they're going to preach good news, and they're going to announce that good things have happened in Jesus Christ. It's going to, some of it's going to land on hard paths, some's going to land on rocks. Not all of it's going to take. Not everybody's going to hear the announcement. I planted grass a couple of weeks ago not all the grass seed took before the birds came and ate it. The ground was a little too cold yet. It wasn't quite warm enough for the seed to take. I'm going to make an announcement and I want you to hear it. Jesus is risen from the dead. He's risen indeed. We got one call and response. We're not much of a call and response church. I've been at it for a long time now. I've just grown to accept it. Uh, there's a few you know, stragglers out there holding on. I'm with you, sister. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the announcement is, is that Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, who really lived, who really died, really came back to life. And friends, that announcement, if we would take it to heart and if we would hear it, it has the power and capacity to change your entire life because it is that announcement that has sent shockwaves throughout history from 2,000 years ago until today, in this very moment, and it will continue on beyond generation to generation, a shockwave of this announcement that death is defeated, and we have life in Jesus Christ. Jesus of Nazareth is risen from the dead. Our story tells us that the angel rolls the stone away and the two women, they go in, both Marys, they go in and they look in the tomb and they are amazed that the tomb is empty and they are on their way to go and make the announcement. You see, this announcement has gotten into them. It's gotten into the very fiber of their being. It has changed not just the countenance on their faces, it has changed the depths of their soul. This announcement has gotten into him. And so I have this question. Has this announcement gotten into you? Has this announcement gone, not just in one year and out the other? Has it taken root? Has it grown? Do you believe that Jesus of Nazareth is risen from the dead? Because this announcement has something to teach us about the world something to teach us about ourselves that says that no longer does death hold the victory over all of us no longer does sin hold us captive but a new life is for us This announcement is good news it's good news for every single one of us who have felt like there's no possible way that anybody could ever care about me or that i could ever get out of the mess that i found myself in there is so many things that discourage us and bring us down, and if we would just hear this announcement. Death is defeated, and life is found in Jesus Christ. It's an announcement, and you get to choose whether or not you're going to let it impact your life or not. It's not an authoritative word. It is simply this. It's a pronouncement. Something has happened in the world And you have to choose what you believe about it. Friends, the women, they go on the run and they're getting ready to announce and share this message with their fellow disciples. And on the way, Jesus appears before them. And, you know, I love Jesus for a lot of reasons. You know, like forgiving me of my sins and, and being raised from the dead. But I love this moment. Like, here you are, you've just defeated death, you've surprised everyone, even though you've been telling everybody, hey, I'm going to die and raise in three days, and they are like, yeah, Jesus, you're just saying that. Jesus raised from the dead, this is what he says, hola, hi, hello, how's it going? Like, Jesus gives the most casual of greetings, it's like, hey, what's up? Seriously, like the, they, the word that Jesus uses is the most casual hello that we can come up with. It was like a good morning fist bump from Jesus. It's like, you just literally rose from the dead, and this is how you greet us. Not ta not, you know, not look at me. Hello. And they fall, and they clasp his feet. And they are in awe. There is something special to me that they clasp His feet. Jesus isn't a ghost. Jesus isn't a figment of their imagination. This is not Jesus, a carefully concocted plan to deceive people. No, this is real life Jesus, and they hold on to His feet. They clasp on to Him, and they worship Him. They cling to Him ever so tightly, hardly imagining that it could be this glorious and wonderful to hang on to the feet of their Lord and their Savior. They cling to Him and they worship Him. And Jesus says, you still have some announcing to make. Go and tell the other disciples about what you've seen and what you've heard Go and tell them the announcement that the tomb is empty and death is defeated. So they go, and we hear this little side story about the schemes of the elites and the people in power and trying to cover up, and it doesn't work. Their plans are foiled. And the disciples, they arrive in Galilee, and they're up on a mountaintop, and there Jesus appears to them again. And he says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. Surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. You know, these disciples, they clasped on to the feet of Jesus. Have you grabbed a hold of them? Do you hold ever so tightly to who He is? Does He matter to you? Friends, the announcement's got to get a hold of you, and you've got to get a hold of Jesus. And what Jesus says in His final words is, I have a hold of all of this. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He's the one in control. He's the one that we can trust. He's the one that... Is Lord of Heaven and Earth. I was in Michigan a couple of weeks weeks ago. You'd pull up a picture here for me, please, Eric. I don't know how it's going to play on there. It doesn't work very well. Well, you could, you guys should have gone ooh and ah, but whatever. I mean, that that. Thank you. All right, right on cue. All right. Uh, so I went to see my parents. Uh, we uh, If you get in Michigan, you need to go see the lake because that's just part of it, you know. It's God's country. And uh, I have never seen the lake as still as it was that day. I, it's usually a good deal of waves come crashing in. But it was almost perfectly still. Here's uh, Here's the deal. Though... Water was so peaceful and still that it became a beautiful reflection of the sky above it. And to the naked eye, there was no discernible difference between the water and the heavens. We do a disservice to you as preachers when we don't clearly define for you what discipleship is. We tell you to come to church. We want you to come to church. We ask you to show up every week and give your thousands of dollars, right? And we, tell you, and we ask you to be disciples. And we forget to tell you what that looks like. And when I look at that water, I see discipleship. I see the potential in each and every one of our lives together. That says our lives are to be a reflection of Jesus Christ. There should be no discernible difference between our lives together and our love for one another than the difference that God has for our, uh, that God has uh, His love for us. Here, I'm trying to clarify discipleship and I mess it up. We need to look like Jesus. We need to be a reflection of His goodness, of His mercy, of His love, of His passion, of His care, of His concern. We are a reflection of Him. And the story of Easter is this. That that life is now possible because the tomb is empty. Death and sin are defeated. That we might live a peace-filled, generous, loving life in Jesus Christ. We've been walking through as a congregation the Sermon on the Mount. It's been my teaching series for the last several weeks. And the premise of that sermon series has been that we actually think Jesus wants wants us to follow what he's teaching. Jesus says it in his closing words in Matthew, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. Jesus is calling for us not just to hear the announcement, but to obey and follow and listen to him. And so my questions are, has the announcement gotten into your soul? Have you heard it? And have you gotten a hold of Jesus? Do you worship Him and are you committed to Him? Do you love Him and seek Him with your life? And friends, do you live under His authority? Do you live understanding that He is Lord and He is King? Friends, that's to be a disciple. I have a a friend in Michigan, a fellow minister, and a couple of weeks ago he he had to bury his dad. His dad had a long battle uh, with a lot of different diseases and a lot of things were going wrong, and he just sort of kept chugging forward. His dad was a minister. And before he died, he said to his son, he said, you know, you know, I know that there's no marriage in heaven, that the Bible teaches that. But I've got to believe that there's friendship in heaven. And I hope that me and your mom can be friends in heaven. That may be an unusual story for the moment, but I want you to hear this. The announcement has gotten into his soul. He's living out of that announcement that Jesus is victorious over death. He's not talking about death being the end of him. He's realizing that death is just a step that we all take into new life in Christ. The unfortunate news is that his wife, uh, so the minister's mom, just this yesterday was taken into hospice the announcement is in her too. Because she knows that death isn't the end, and she's at peace knowing that she gets to be a friend with her husband. Friends, I I can't answer the question for you. I can't tell you what to do. I've tried, and you guys all are pretty stubborn still. We will do, yeah. (laughs) So let it be, All right. But friends, all I can keep doing is telling you the announcement and just letting you know every day, every moment that the tomb is empty and there is hope for you. There is salvation for you. There is goodness for you. And it's all possible because Jesus is Lord and King and death was not victorious. Jesus overcame. Friends, will you hear the announcement? And will you let it sink deep into your heart? Jesus is risen. He is alive. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And he wants to be your Savior. Will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you. And we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Today and every day is about Him and about the resurrection and the new life that we have. God, Your Son paved the way and He announced that Your kingdom is now at hand. That we can have a place and hope and salvation in Your kingdom. And God, we don't always hear it. And we certainly don't always obey it. But I would pray, God, that the announcement would get into us and we would start living it out. And God, when we see you, when we feel you, when we, when we know that you are near, God, let us just worship you and cling ever so tightly to you. God, help us to trust and know that you are king and you have all authority. And let us not be discouraged, but cling ever so tightly to who you are and what you've done. God, discipleship is possible. We can reflect you in our world. So God, go to work on our hearts. Go to work on our minds that we would be new people with new hearts, with new passions for you. That we would reflect your goodness and your love in this world. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. The closing encouragement of the Great Commission is that Jesus is with us always to the very end of the age. The writers of the New Testament often picked up that theme, that God would be with us, that nothing would separate us. Paul says in Romans 8, What then shall we say? Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and He is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. This is the promise of Scripture. The Lord Jesus said, I am with you always. Let's stand and sing.